0: Welcome back to The Breakdown with me, NLW. It's a daily podcast on macro, Bitcoin, and the big picture power shifts remaking our world. The Breakdown is produced and distributed by Coindesk. What's going on, guys? It is Sunday, January 15th, and that means it's time for Long Read Sunday. Before we get into that, however, if you are enjoying The Breakdown, please go subscribe to it, give it a rating, give it a review, or if you want to dive deeper into the conversation, come join us on the Breakers Discord. You can find a link in the show notes or go to bit.ly slash breakdownpod. All right, folks, happy LRS Day. Today, we're doing one of my favorite things where instead of reading articles, we actually go read a few threads from Twitter. Now, I'm going to read three threads today, and two of them are a pretty similar theme. They're about projects and themes and narratives that make the author excited or optimistic for the next year. The third is a little bit different, but I think you'll agree is kind of important. So first up, we have a thread from Stefan George. This came out on January 10th. He writes, why I am optimistic for crypto in 2023, what will drive blockchain demand and what projects to watch out for in 2023. Markets are down, but fundamentals are strong. To get out of the speculative bubble, connecting blockchain to, quote, the real world will be key. We have to decouple demand for blockchain from pure crypto intrinsic demand making it part of everyone's daily transactions. If people were to use blockchain for real payments or actual banking, demand would not depend on hype and speculation. There are two main trends which will unfold in 2023. One, more real-world assets RWA on chain, making them part of the DeFi ecosystem. Two, integration of blockchain into the railways of old world of payments and banking making transitioning seamless. Real-world assets have come a long way. USDC and USDT are leading but there is a demand for more. BackedFi is about to launch the first fully-backed stocks, ETFs, and fixed-yield products as ERC-20 tokens without any restrictions, making them fully compatible with the DeFi ecosystem. Centrifuge is already bringing real-world assets successfully to DeFi and recently hit $100 million of total value locked, proving the demand to use real-world assets as collateral in DeFi. While there are many options for USD-backed tokens, EUR has always been neglected. Monarium is here to change that with EURE and tight integration into the SIBA banking infrastructure. Today, you can issue your E with a simple SEPA transfer instantly. Sending fiat euro with an on-chain transaction works as well. On- and offboarding from euro to crypto has never been easier and cheaper. DeSci is a new emerging sector with big growth potential creating a new type of real-world assets, IP NFT capturing and monetizing intellectual property, as pioneered by VitaDAO and MoleculeDAO. Payments is the original use case of Bitcoin, but for many reasons never materialized. We are working with SaltPay Crypto to bridge blockchain to the old world of payments. Soon you will be able to pay with crypto anywhere where Visa is accepted non-custodial. Even if the same products can be offered on-chain, user experience has to be on par with Web2 as well to get mass adoption. This is why account abstraction is key, allowing users self-custody without worrying about seed phrases, fees, or complex transaction sequences. Wallet support is needed to make the benefits of account abstraction widely available. Safe, Argent, and Linen are the leading wallets implementing smart contract accounts today. All building blocks are here. We just have to put them together and complete the puzzle. End of 2023, managing your bank account on chain will be viable, and the experience will be seamless. All right, now hold aside the specific projects, because I'm much more interested in themes than projects, although obviously for themes to come to life, you have to have great projects doing them. I am definitely seeing the discussion of real-world assets on chain flare up in a huge way, and in some ways, this is an old narrative. This goes back to 2017 and 2018. One of the new variables here is the extent to which NFTs open up new types of technical approaches to bringing real-world assets on-chain, or bringing approximation or ownership representations of real-world assets on-chain. In a lot of ways, when push comes to shove in this area, a lot of it's less sexy than other parts of the crypto industry, which is part of why it's tended to peter off as a narrative in other times, just less interest and demand for entrepreneurs to be working on it. However, sometimes the least sexy things are the biggest opportunities. And I don't think people are wrong to look at the financialization of many types of real-world assets that on-chain representations in DeFi could make available as a really big, interesting, and meaty space. Now, what form that takes is a whole different question. But with that, let's move to the second thread focused on some of these ideas. It comes from the DeFi Edge, who writes, You can generate wealth if you're early to the right crypto narratives. Here are 13 narratives you should watch in 2023 and a few to avoid. NLW note, you may recognize some of these from what we just discussed. The DeFi Edge writes, tokenize real-world assets. DeFi needs more sustainable yields. Tokenizing real-world assets unlocks cash flow that's not affected by crypto's volatility. This can improve transparency, capital efficiency, and liquidity in assets. Think real estate, art, and more. Real-world asset protocols. There's progress being made. Some highlights? Maker Protocol has $600 in real-world asset collateral. Goldfinch and Maple Finance are tackling loans. Centrifuge's Tin Lake has some diversified real-world assets. Next theme, NFT financialization. The biggest NFT projects have value. Board Ape Yacht Club floor prices are around 73 ETH. DeFi X NFT is about unlocking NFTs' liquidity and turning them into productive assets. The first wave of projects allow you to use your NFTs as collateral, such as NFTFi and Bendow. The next wave, we're starting to see the next generation of NFT financialization. One NFT perp, shorter long NFTs with leverage. It's in beta and has attracted 21 million plus of volume. Two, insert finance, shard vaults. They fractionalize NFTs and then you can earn yield. Next theme, Cosmos Chains. Plenty of new chains are being built with Cosmos. Barrachain, proof of liquidity consensus. Kajira, an ecosystem built around real yield. They're constantly launching new products. Kanto, EVM compatible on Cosmos. Liquidity as a public good. Next theme, SEI. SEI is a DeFi-specific L1 chain optimized for trading. Clobs or central limit order books are the standard for TradFi. In crypto, only centralized exchanges could use them due to the speed requirements, i.e. they utilize fast web 2 technology. New Possibilities We've been wanting Clobs due to tighter spreads and lower slippage. Say has figured out how to make it decentralized and fast. There will be a new generation of DeFi products built on top of Say's technology. Next theme, ZK rollups. Ethereum is relying on Layer 2 solutions to scale. There are two types of rollups. Optimistic rollups such as Arbitrum and Optimism. 2. ZK rollups. Optimistic rollups have the first mover advantage, but many consider ZK rollups to be the superior tech. Next theme decentralized sports betting. Crypto degens and sports betting naturally go together. We are too early as there aren't that many protocols live yet. Next theme decentralized social media. Twitter's going through a chaotic time, TikTok may be banned in the US. There's a desire to own our data and to prevent censorship. 2. Headwinds UI UX lags behind Web 2 and gaining adoption. Next theme, decentralized stablecoins. Stablecoins are the biggest use cases for DeFi, but there are issues around centralization. OFAC sanctions on Tornado Cash led Circle to freeze USDC and the TC protocol. USDT is frozen $435 million. Next theme, big brands joining Web3. 2022 was a big year for big brands to onboard to Web3 thanks to Polygon. In 2023, let's see how Starbucks' Odyssey and Nike's swoosh NFT efforts perform. Bigger themes. I listed out several narratives, but I noticed several larger themes that tie it all together. 1. Decentralized everything. 2. Specialized blockchains. 3. Tokenized the real world. 4. New approaches solving the blockchain trilemma. But what about what's overrated, in my opinion? 1. GameFi. It's inevitable, but we're a few years away from nailing it. Good games take a while to develop. 2. Crypto AI. I'm bullish on AI overall, but anything crypto AI related is a money grab now. 3. Solana. Too many L's last year. Horrible optics. Overall, I'm embarrassed this year. The macro's terrible, and it'll take time to get the Luna and FTX stench off the public's mind. 2023 is all about staying engaged and planting the seeds for 24 and 25. Now, I think there's a lot of good thoughts in here. I actually didn't read the entire thread. There's some things that are just too in the weeds if you're not deep in DeFi, and also a few that are really super specific on a single protocol or platform, which I didn't want to get that deep into either. But I do think that the DeFi Edge's thread, again, reflects a lot of the things that I'm also seeing people talking about in the markets. One thing that I do find fascinating is the difference in the way that different people talk about this tokenized real-world assets thing. The DeFi Edge, whose name obviously gives you the perspective they're coming from, is definitely looking at it to some extent in terms of the value that tokenizing real-world assets can bring to DeFi. They write, DeFi needs more sustainable yields. Tokenizing real-world assets unlocks cash flow that's not affected by crypto's volatility. However, I think that to the extent that this does become a thing, it's not going to be because of what real-world assets do for DeFi, but what DeFi does for real-world assets. And the DeFi edge does address that as well, saying this can improve transparency, capital efficiency, and liquidity in assets. I think that the motivation for a real-world asset holder to want some sort of online representation of that asset or to have an ownership clarity on-chain is to be able to bring different types of liquidity and financialization to those assets. But either way, it's a really interesting thread And I love that people are taking the time to actually think through these things on a high level. The rise in threads, I think, can be directly tied to the depth of the bear market we find ourselves in. Join Coindesk's Consensus 2023, the most important conversation in crypto and Web3, happening April 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the industry's only event bringing together all sides of crypto, Web3 and the metaverse. Immerse yourself in all that blockchain technology has to offer creators, builders, founders, brand leaders, entrepreneurs, and more. Use code BREAKDOWN to get 15% off your pass. Visit consensus.coindesk.com or check the link in the show notes. As I promised, the third thread is a little bit different, but I think really important, and so let's end there. It's a story from Patrick Campbell, About Aaron Schwartz. On Wednesday, January 11th, Patrick wrote, 10 years ago today, Aaron Schwartz took his own life after overly aggressive prosecution. He invented internet infrastructure. He defeated the greatest threat the internet had ever seen. And you probably don't know who he is. You should. Here's his story. Aaron led a life that makes you insecure for binging HBO and YouTube shorts. At 14, he helped invent RSS. He dropped out of Stanford. He joined Paul Graham's first Y Combinator class. He was early team at Reddit. And these aren't even his biggest accolades. We'll get to those. Aaron believed in the open internet. Patrick, isn't the internet always open? No. Some people out there want more corporate control, tighter government regulations, a lot more censorship. Aaron was extreme in the other direction. Aaron believed research and public records should be free. He wrote something called the Open Access Manifesto. You probably don't realize 98% of scientific research is behind a paywall, and 80% of legal records too. Patrick, why would that be a problem? Let me explain. Imagine you're the scientist key to unlocking an energy breakthrough. You're a smarty, but you need to read a bunch of research. Well, that research costs $40 per paper. You probably can't afford that, so no free energy. Here's an even worse scenario Imagine you're poor and get arrested. Did you know that accessing court records for your case costs money? They're in the public record, they're quote unquote owned by the taxpayers, but you have to pay for them. Guess you go to jail. This is where Aaron dug in. After cashing out from Reddit's sale, Aaron set his sights on Pacer. Pacer's a big old database of U.S. court records. It's not supposed to make money, but somehow makes $100 million per year. Thankfully, Aaron and a group of hacktivists found a hole in the system. Pacer was, quote, free to access at 17 libraries in the U.S. All the group needed to do was write a handy Perl script on a thumb drive and plug it in. They downloaded 2.7 million documents and set them free. When Sacramento Library racked up $1.5 million in charges, the FBI got involved. Thankfully, since access was free and no one was profiting, no felony occurred. Pacer still charges, but a lot of pressure in orgs like Free Law Project lead to much cheaper access. This was just Aaron's warm-up, though. Next came the biggest war in the history of the internet. In 2012, Congress put forward a bill to combat piracy, SOPA slash PIPA. The bill appeared to be a Trojan horse for the government to take down any website without warning, all for quote-unquote copyright protection. Certain companies loved this, open internet advocates went to war. In a truly amazing response, Aaron and crew organized hundreds of websites to go completely dark for a day. You couldn't access Wiki, Reddit, Craigslist. Even Google blacked out their homepage. Thankfully, we won. But then came the fight that ended Aaron's life. Aaron set his sights on releasing the largest academic database out there, JSTOR. He created a script for mass downloading and hid it on a computer in an MIT storage closet. He downloaded millions of papers over months. MIT and JSTOR couldn't catch him. Then came the feds. MIT and JSTOR obviously didn't intend for open campus access to be used this way. But MIT has a hacker culture and acts of rebellion are commonplace. Aaron got caught, though. U.S. prosecutors took a liking to the case and pushed forward with prosecution. Aaron was charged with 13 felonies, carrying up to 50 years in prison. JSTOR asked for the charges to be dropped. MIT asked for the charges to be dropped. But U.S. attorney Carmen Ortiz kept going. Aaron refused plea deals, and due to harsh prison time threats, took his own life. After his death, Ortiz conceded that she didn't have enough to show Aaron acted for personal gain, a big piece of the charges, nor evidence to support the harshest penalties. Prosecutors want to win. I guess lack of evidence doesn't stop empty threats for a plea. Lawrence Lessig sums it up best. Somehow, we need to get beyond the I'm right, so I'm going to nuke you ethic that dominates our times. That begins with one word. Shame. One word and endless tears. Aaron wasn't perfect. He wasn't the only person involved in these movements but I can't hold back all the tears when I think of his death. He's the one person I've met with who is the complete embodiment of truth and openness. In an era where truth has jumped from that which frees us to a four-letter word to an amorphous concept, we need more pursuit of the truth, not less. It's not a weapon. It's not a liability. It's not binary. It's progress. And progress shouldn't be closed. Anyway, just remember, people like Aaron exist. You don't have to agree with what he did. Just know his ideals are important. We should all try to be more like the best of him. I'll leave you with a poem from the founder of the internet, Tim Berners-Lee, from January 12, 2013. Aaron's dead. World wanderers, we have lost a wise elder. Hackers for right, we are one down. Parents all, we have lost a child. Let us weep. Until tomorrow, guys, be safe and take care of each other. Peace.